As our culture continues to stray from traditional moral values, a new set of values has found favor with a growing number of Americans. And these new values seem to have fostered greater attitudes, greater appetites, and activities that have led to a growing number of single mothers in recent times. And although the stigma of unwed motherhood has greatly diminished, at least in the secular world, many single moms still feel shunned by many in the church. But rather than giving these moms a scarlet letter to don for the rest of their lives, wouldn't it be better to reach out to these moms and graft them into a community of loving believers who can help equip them to prepare a better future for themselves and their kids? Hope and help for the single mom. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long residential program for troubled teens. Our host on the program is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. Uh, you know, Trace, we've talked about this, uh, of course, quite often, that today's culture seems to have groomed many of us into believing that we can somehow dodge natural consequences of exercising our rather unbridled libertarian ideas and pursuits. I mean, the freedom to do what we want to do is now mm-hmm. taking precedent over the freedom to do what we ought. Yep. And this is especially true when it comes to what the world calls sexual freedom. Now, sometimes that freedom can bring about natural consequences that can make life seem, well, a little more like bondage, at least for a time. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, but there's a growing number of people today who would actually be offended to hear anyone say that single motherhood was actually a consequence at all. And right here, just let me say that not all single moms or mothers because of the mistakes they made before actually acquiring a husband. But on today's broadcast, we will largely be talking in reference to mothers who found themselves uh, with child before being married. Rich, you know how much I hate to use the word victim. Yet today, a lot of young women really have, in a sense, become victims of their cultural indoctrination. I mean, we keep hearing about the importance of exercising safe sex. But sex was never meant to be dangerous. And in the right context, it's anything but dangerous. For the young lady who's found herself in a situation where she's you know, going to be a mother without a husband, uh, we still have to keep in mind the, the Romans 8.28 passage that says, in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Mm. So even through an unplanned pregnancy out of wedlock, God can still turn dirt into diamonds. Sure. The bottom line is that sometimes we can't undo a wrong without initiating another wrong. If we ever stop caring for the needs of people guilty of doing wrong or committing sin, and we're all guilty of that, then where does that leave us? Well, nobody would be caring for anybody in need. Yeah, exactly. In in the case of the unwed mother, there's always been a bit of a stigma, as you mentioned, attached to it, uh, especially in the church. But we need to realize that there's always one more fact about any situation or person that can bring our pharisaical and overly pious attitudes back down to earth. Some people grossly overeat. They never really get obese or become diabetic. Others overeat and suffer severely for it. Either way, I'm not downplaying the significance of sin, but down through the years, single moms have too often been stigmatized, even shunned, by the very people who should be exercising the greatest degree of compassion on them. Because Christians aren't immune to promiscuity either, or abortions to cover up those sins. We can't hide anything from God. And only God and the gal who decided to face the music of her pregnancy can possibly know that her out-of-wedlock child was the result of one isolated mistake, maybe even a rape. 
However the circumstances, we know that any young lady having a child out of wedlock didn't kill her child. But what is done is done. We shouldn't complicate it. And the even more fascinating news is that even for the women who have panicked and sadly aborted their child, there's still hope and healing and forgiveness for them also. God is so good, and his church needs to be his hands and feet. I think we, uh, we have to allow room for God to exercise his judgment in lieu of us exercising ours, particularly in a self-righteous and or hypocritical right, way. Right. And it's especially true when we might not have all the facts. God's a forgiving God, but you know, we also can't forget that forgiveness doesn't always mean we're free of consequences. Uh, though God is a just judge, forgiveness doesn't always have uh, or mean full restoration either, at least not this side of heaven. But it does offer us reconciliation. God and sinners reconciled. Our restoration, the solution to paradise lost, that's coming. Meanwhile, while we dwell on this earth, we got to do all we can to help our ladies who are going through it alone as parents because there's pretty good evidence that they too often feel more condemned by the church than loved. Mm. And again, we're not condoning what God calls sin, but we want to understand, um, we want our understanding and, and attitude towards sin to be like God's in light of the cross. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, Trace, you and I are going to need a little help with today's topic since neither of us is a single parent, uh, nor a mom for that matter. So we have invited uh, a lady who's written extensively and from a lot of different angles on this to join us. Her name is Lori Little, and Lori is the author of Hope and Help for the Single Mom. She's also the co-author of Hope and Help for Teens Being Raised by a Single Parent, which she wrote with her son, Eric, and she's co-author of Hope and Help for the Single Dad, which she wrote with her new husband, Rick Trezzolino. Now, Lori became a single mother when her son was only two years old, and she remained faithful to Jesus as her husband for 19 years. During this time of single motherhood, the Lord gave Lori 21 verses to follow, and he told her that if she did, everything would be okay for both her and her son. Well, she's now turned those verses into a small group study for churches called 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom. Incidentally, she points out it's a great study for single moms to read on their own as well to learn how to flourish in every area of life in the midst of overwhelming circumstances. Well, Lori, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I, I know your own single motherhood wasn't a result of a premarital mistake, but can you give us a short insight into your story and, and then tell us uh, how your ministry, Hope and Help for Single Moms, got started? Absolutely. And I'll have to be honest up front, I did not have a real personal relationship with the Lord when I did marry, uh, and so uh, I was probably doomed from the beginning. However, uh, after 10 years of marriage um, and a two-year-old son, my husband came home one day and said, don't love you, never should have married you, leaving you by." And he was gone the next day, wow. and by the way, he took all the money. So yeah. oh. I overnight became a penniless single mom. Fortunately, I was able to go back into my corporate job and get back to work so uh, we could, I could support myself and my son. Unfortunately, I did what so many other women do is once I pick myself up in the shock, uh, first thing I thought of is, well, I better go find a new father for my son and a husband for me. Let me, so let, me, I, let, me, let me just chime in there while you, while you said that. I mean, is, is the motivation uh, for, a, for another marriage looking for a father for your child, is that, maybe I'm running, uh, getting the cart before the horse here, but is, is that, should that be uh, a single mom's number one mission? 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Her number one mission to be should be to get herself healthy and whole and learn how to raise healthy whole children and have Jesus as her husband. Amen. She really needs this time to heal. And the last thing she needs to do is bring a new man into the picture, especially like myself. I was full of fear. It was one of the scariest times of my life. And unfortunately, we just think we can't do it by ourselves, or the fear drives us thinking mm-hmm. that we can't do it by ourselves. So. So, so how did the hunt go for you when you were out trying to find father figure number two? Well, it didn't, and I just walked down a road of absolute self-destruction for two years. Uh, I, the further, I, I was depressed at the, in the beginning, and the, and the more I tried to look for love in all the wrong places, I spiraled down even further into depression. So mm-hmm. it absolutely did not work for me whatsoever. And finally, just one night, I just fell to my knees, and I just said, God, if you're real, I need you to show up now, because what's going to happen is not good. I was actually thinking of checking out of this world. I thought my son would be better off without me and maybe with his dad, Mm. uh, because I just couldn't handle this. I had no idea what to do. And the Lord just said, Lori, I've been here with you all along. I've just been waiting to hear from you. So I truly invited him into my life that night. I'll never forget it. I spent the whole night crying, and I knew I was just nestled in God's arms um, from then out, and somehow, some way, that everything was going to be okay. It was a peace that everything was going to be okay. Suicide is a, is a very prevalent spirit in the midst of single parents. Um, so many parents feel that way. Yeah. They just feel like there's no hope. Um, there's no tools or resources. You just fall into a position where you have no idea what to do. And I really think the enemy can really take advantage of that and make you feel like there's absolutely no hope when we know, now that we know what we know, we know that there's hope out there. No, uh, no, no reset button on that one. Lori, when you, uh, got down on the floor that night and, and said, God, you know, help me, save me, um, what happened from there? Did you were you able to get plugged into a church, or um, yeah, did you still stumble around for a little while trying to figure out who is this God person anyway? I actually was attending the church at the time. However, I quickly fell away. I just felt like I didn't fit in anywhere, and I know that's a I know it's truth, but yet it's still a lie. You always fit into the body of Christ, but I just felt like I was judged. Of course, I had the the stigma of she's a single mom. It's like no one knew what to do with me or how to talk to me or how to help me down a road by any, uh, uh, you know, in any way. And then I also felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. I was in a singles ministry. I was so intimidated. It was the last place I wanted to be was in a singles ministry. And the women's ministry, they were just all about marriages and married women and families and I just couldn't find my place. So I fell away from the church for about two years until one person in that church did James one twenty seven, which God says, real religion in the eyes of our Father is to go visit the widows and the orphans. Yeah. And this one woman called me up and just said, hey, can I come over and um, I have something for you? Uh, she brought me dinner. We sat and had coffee. She said, I just, just want to get to know you and your story. And boom, from then on, I was back in church and going down the right path. And, the you know, God's God's word says to go do this, and mm. she did it, and forever changed our life. Who in a million years would have thought we're yeah. now ministering to single parent families all over the world? And I credit it to that one verse that one person actually yeah. did. What would you say to the church right now uh, at large? How can we do a better job of serving women without condemning them, 
Um, and then in the case of maybe the, the unwed mother, uh, without enabling them uh, to feel that they, you know, they have the liberty to, to repeat past mistakes. I would say acknowledging what would have helped me the best. The church needs to acknowledge and what would have helped me the most, that this is real in our world today. Single moms are the fastest growing, highest unchurched population in the world today. So if the church could actually see what's going on in the world and provide a tool and a resource, for that situation, that would help mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. And, and, and women need a place for the shoes that they're walking in. And so uh, to have a class, to have this resource going on where I know that I can walk into church and it's a safe place for me, and for the church to not see, oh, we're endorsing single motherhood. Anyone you know, can be a single mom. Just go have sex and then come on in. I mean, that's not true. So, but acknowledge that these women are real, and this is an epidemic in our world, and wow, what could happen if we got them through our doors, and they met Jesus as their husband, and they stopped looking for love in all the wrong places, and they got healthy and whole, and raised healthy whole children, and we brought up a whole new generation of church children that know Jesus as their father Mm -hmm. also. How do you respond to the person who, who might feel that a particular young lady has made her own bed, now she's got to sleep in it? How should we address people uh, in our church that we know have those attitudes toward these ladies? Well, first of all, I don't think we should have that attitude towards her right. because we've all made our own beds in many different areas, and it's just not about her mm-hmm. um, and the mistake that she made. We've all made mistakes, so we can't judge as the body of Christ, uh, but we can provide tools and resources that could help her not go down that road again and to heal her heart and the empty places she had that probably got her there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, Most single mothers out there uh, are from out of wedlock. Uh, I I would say probably about two-thirds of our single parent population are single mothers out of wedlock. And by the way, there's about 19 million single moms Mm. in the United States today, raising over 45 million children. Those are staggering statistics. So what if we could show her that the church doors are a safe place to walk through? She's going to be loved and accepted just like anyone else Mm -hmm. that has made a mistake or finds themselves in a position that they didn't expect to be in. And what if we provided them a tool and a resource that will help them grow and get healthy? That's what this is all about. And how about the habitual offender, where it just seems like the more you help someone, the more they, they're almost enabled. Uh, three, four, five kids later, they're coming back. Uh, when do you say, hey, we, as a church, we, we need to take a little different approach to the situation, or, or ever? Do you, does the church just continue to you know, be, for lack of a better term, burdened by someone who doesn't seem to catch on, and they've got four or five kids out of you know, with four different daddies, and, and they, they rarely attend church, but they keep coming back every time they get pregnant. How, how do we deal with that in a Christ-like way? I would tell the church they don't have to give food. They don't have to give money. They don't have to give clothes to single mothers. What they need to do is provide these 21 verses of Scripture where God says everything's going to be okay if you follow this. Get them through that class, and pastors are saying, The ladies that go through these 21 verses are the healthiest part of the church body Mm. right now. So give them Jesus first. They don't have to be a burden financially to anyone. Let them make the choice to follow. 
these verses of scriptures, and if they want to be okay, they're going to finish the class, and they're going to do what these scriptures say to do and come out to be such a great, great woman and mother. The scripture says, those who've been forgiven much love much, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're talking today with Laurie Little. She's the author of the book Hope and Help for the Single Mom and also the author of the 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom Small Group Study. If you want to find out more about either of those, you can go to our website, which is hope, the numeral four, singlemoms.com. Hope for singlemoms.com. This is Licensed to Parent. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And Laurie, when we come back, since this is a parenting program, I want to find out a little bit more about what the role of the married parents should be if their teenage daughter comes home and reports that she is pregnant. We'll have more right after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org. Is your teen's behavior dangerous? Your child's behavior may seem incredibly volatile during the teenage years. Sometimes the signs and symptoms come and go quickly as your child is growing, but other times behaviors are developed and nurtured that will lead to unhealthy choices. Here are a few items to consider. Does your teen refuse to abide by anything you say or request? Is your teen displaying behavior that's a marked change from what has been normal? Has your teen become increasingly disrespectful, dishonest, and disobedient, and openly rebellious? Go to HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and take the quiz, Is My Teen Troubled? While some behavioral issues are minor and best resolved at home, there are warning signs that your teen may need a more structured approach to get them on a healthy, constructive path. And Shepherd's Hill Academy is here to help. Visit HelpMyTroubledTeen.org and click on Is My Teen Troubled? Help My Troubled Teen. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We're talking today with Lori Little. She's author of the book, Hope and Help for the Single Mom, and also of the Bible study called 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom. You'll find that on her website, Hope, the numeral four, singlemoms.com. That's hope for singlemoms.com. And Lori, right before the break, I, I mentioned this being a parenting program. We kind of want to find out what the role of the parents might be if their teenage daughter comes home and says, Mom and Dad, I'm pregnant. And you know now you've got another unwed mother on the scene. And, and what are the parents' supposed to do in this case? How do they best minister to their child 
and help the child take the responsibility. Especially when that child has no job, no skills to get one. Yeah. Well, you have to accept it, number one. This, this is reality. This is what's going on. I believe you have to offer her as much love and support as you can. I know each case is different. I can tell you what a lot of parents have done, and it's just an amazing story, um, especially when they're having problems with a daughter that doesn't want to get the job that wants to just sit at home and have the parents take care of her. You know, we're, we're not responsible for our children, but we're responsible to them to teach them the right way to live. And that's, you've got to take care of yourself and you have to take care of your child. You're the parent. So, uh, like, again, I know each case is so different, but what so many parents have said is that they, uh, most of them, the ones at the end of the rope, when they're ready to kick their daughter out, is they've ordered my book, The 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom, and they've put it in her bedroom and they've let the Lord take care of it. So one story is that this, this woman was ready to kick her daughter out. She wasn't doing anything to help herself or help her child and be able to support them. So they put the book uh, on her dresser, and they gave it a couple days, and she actually locked herself in her room and actually started reading this. You never know what's going to happen when it's sitting there. Even if she reads one page, she's going to read another one. But she actually read the book over a two-week period of time, and she came out of her room, and she said, Mom, what church do you go to? And you know, they, they told her, of course, she hadn't been to church in so long. She actually went over to the church, walked in, asked to see the pastor, showed him the book, and said, this book has so radically changed my life, and I'm not taking any credit for it. These 21 verses have radically changed my life. I want to start this in the church. I want to reach out to other single moms. And she turned her life around. That's awesome. So, you know, you've got to give them the tools and the resources to be able to to know what to do. Yeah. Parents don't know what well, to look, do. Look, <laughs> look, no, you're right. Uh, but one of the problems that we have with, with kids uh, in general today is that their noses are never out of a screen uh, and their fingers never off a keyboard, uh, whether it's their smartphone or whatever. And um, it's almost like they won't take time away from amusement or information long enough to to dig into something that really has some meat to it. Uh, how do we get this good information? I'm, I'm not doubting at all. There's great information in there. But getting these kids to, um, I say kids, uh, young adults, to actually open it up. Because once they get into it, it's like, wow, you know what? I, I didn't realize that the church had so many wonderful things to offer me. I didn't know Scripture had so many wonderful things to offer me in my life. How do we get them to, to, to take that step? Well, I know if it were my daughter and she were living under my roof, those are my rules. And so, like, uh, with my son when I was raising him, it was a non-negotiable Hallelujah. that we read Scripture every single night. And I'm the parent. They're the child. Right. And I'm responsible to them. And so uh, I know my son asked me one night, Mom, why do I have to read this every night? You know, yeah. the, the standard um, babble. And I, and I stopped and I just looked at him. I said, you know what, Eric? One day I'm going to have to stand before Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and he's going to ask me, what in the world did you do with that child that I gave you? And I said, Eric, I'm responsible for putting the Word of God into you. You're responsible with what you do with it. His eyes got as big as saucers, and he just went, Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm totally on board with your approach there. I, I mean, you, you, we're we're in league. Uh, what I run up against to, uh, uh, a lot is uh, parents who say, "Well, uh, you know, if you if you cram that down their throat, 
you know, when they finally get out of the house, they'll they'll rebel so fast against that they'll never come back. I I think that's a a straw man situation. I don't think that's actually true. Or is no, that a, I don't. Is that the right word? <laughs> I, I don't believe that whatsoever. You know, God's yeah. word says, "Train up a child in the way that he should go, and he'll never depart from it." So, I know my son was filled with scripture. Um, from my home. I didn't rely on the church to do it. Fortunately, the church did a good job, but it was my responsibility to do that. And, you know, mm-hmm. my son made decisions. He saw what the Lord did in our lives, uh, but just just favor and miracle after miracle after miracle. So he got to know God through what God did for us. And so he chose to make those good decisions now that he's on his own. Um, he chose to have good counselors. He chose to come to me um, and say, hey, can we pray about this? Or, Mom, I'm dating this girl. What do you think about it? And I said, well, it's not what I think about it. Let's see what God says about it, about her. <laughs> so we, we, prayed, we prayed several girlfriends out of, out of his life until uh, the Lord showed us the, uh, the right, right bride for him. But kind of back to your question, if it, if it were my daughter that came home, you know, I'd set down my rules. But I would I would get a book for myself as a mother, and I'd get one for her, and I would go through those verses. I would go through those chapters with her, and try to mentor her, and let kind of let God do the rest. Yeah. You know, do do your part and let God do the rest. So, I think the, I think the yeah. takeaway here is, and I, I hope our listeners uh, hone in to what I'm about to say, is sometimes you have to jumpstart a dead battery. And it's not the car's not going to start itself. And that was some kind of initiative. And I think a lot of parents today feel like they don't have the right to to make their kids do much of anything, uh, make make their beds. I mean, gosh, I mean, it's it's crazy. So I th- I think that we, you know, what you said there about listen, this is not an option. I think uh, you know it might cause a little distance between you know parents and children for a while. But in the long run, those kids mature. They're going to realize what you were doing for them. Uh, really was a, a benefit. Well, get the book. You can, you can pick it, pick the rest up from there. <laughs> and let me mention uh, all the books that uh, might be of interest to you and to your family. Again, our guest today is Lori Little. Uh, she's author of Hope and Help for the Single Mom and co-author of Hope and Help for Teens Being Raised by a Single Parent and Hope and Help for the Single Dad. So all those books available on her website, which is hopeforsinglemoms.com. Now, the Bible study that she mentioned, which is one that uh, we would definitely want to recommend to you, this is the one that came out of uh, 21 Scripture verses that the Lord gave her when she was going through the roughest uh, time uh, right after her husband left. The name of the Bible study, and by the way, there's a DVD by the same title, it's 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom. Again, 21 Principles of a Healthy Single Mom. Great for a study in your church, great for a study on your own, and you'll find all of that at HopeForSingleMoms.com, and that's the numeral for HopeForSingleMoms.com. Laurie, thanks so much for taking time to be with us on License to Parent. We definitely want to have you back because there's a lot of material we didn't even get to. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And this is License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. A reminder, you'll find us online at LicenseToParent.org. That's where you'll find all of our programs, conversations on a lot of topics vital to parents and their teens. You can also sign up for our blog, and you can get on the bandwagon to help the work we do continue with your financial support. As you might imagine, running a residential program for troubled teens is expensive, and some families simply cannot afford the help. But you can help them. 
Simply click the Donate tab at the top of the page when you go to LicensedToParent.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy and whether we might be a good fit for your family or someone you know and care about, click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our homepage. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.